Traveling the Vortex Side Trip We join Junior as he terrorizes a new neighborhood in Side Trip 44. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How is everybody? It's Side Trip time. <laughs> it is Side Trip time. Welcome once again uh, to a Traveling the Vortex side trip. This is a, uh, what is it Spike Lee says, a co-joint, would that be it? Mm-hmm. Uh, where <laughs> we uh, uh, are, are fortunate enough to uh, have some uh, other podcasting friends. Yes, I know that's unusual. We have friends who also happen to be podcasters. Bear with us. Um, this came to my attention through Rachel over at the Five-ish Fangirls podcast, uh, who is on another podcast called um, Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast, run by friend DJ Nick. And she asked if I would like to come on, and I have done a couple of guest spots over there as uh, they work their way through Oscar-winning films throughout the years. And one of the byproducts of that has been the Pod versus Pod Oscar Challenge, and for the last two years running, we have uh, gotten together with the uh, ladies over at the Five-ish Fangirls and uh, Nick and a couple of others and split up in teams to predict the Oscars. The winner of this fine contest gets to pick a film for the losers to review. And uh, by that uh, word loser, you can guess it was not a pretty film. <laughs> this year, we actually tied... And uh, so in the interest of fairness, we decided it would be a good idea to, well, both sides get to pick a film for the other group to watch. And we assigned the ladies uh, barbed wire. And I believe they already have that posted. We may have to link to that one in the show notes as well, because I think they've done theirs. We were given Problem Child 2. <laughs> now, Glenn... Tell these fine folks just a little what you told me when we were assigned Problem Child 2 and I was kind of going... I said, Tell them what you said. I said it's not a bad film. It's actually a, a good film. And it's a, a, a guilty pleasure of mine. And I enjoy watching that one. You should feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to make it known now that Keith and I have not rehearsed this. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, it, it is, it is not, it is a bad film. I, I recognize that it's not a good film. Oh, you just said it was a good film. <laughs> but it's one of those films that I enjoy. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it because it's just goofy, stupid. And I think part of it comes to the fact that I, re I did like Problem Child. I thought Problem Child was a f funny movie. I thought it, it, you know, it kind of gets some, uh, toilet humor. It, it gets kind of gross at times, but, it, it's genuinely a sit down and laugh out loud film. And so the, when the sequel came out, I was like, okay, I'm hoping to have the same kind of fun. And I think it retreads some jokes, but I think it also comes up with a lot of new ones. And so I think it's more of a, I like the problem child duology. Cause I'll be fair. I haven't seen the third one, although it doesn't connect at all, but I, I, I like the problem child duology as a whole, I think, because if I were to hold these films you know, next to each other. Obviously, I like Problem Child better than I do Problem Child too. But it is it's 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 a guilty common it's a guilty uh, pleasure for me to to just sit down sometimes and watch this. And I hadn't seen this 
probably for about five or six years at least. Um, I think the last time I caught it was on cable um, and watched it all the way through then too. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I come at it with. I recognize that it's not a good film. I recognize why people don't like it. But for me, it's, it, it's not a problem to watch ever. Keith, tell us about your experiences with this. Uh, I, I think I probably did see this when I was young. And I remember liking the first film when I was young. I, don't, I did not go back and rewatch the first film, so I do not know if I would still hold that same opinion. Um, but I'm sure I rented these from the Blockbuster or Dis, uh, our local grocery store. Uh, and watch them at some point or another. So I've been familiar with Problem Child and, uh, and probably saw both of them. It took me about four tries to watch all this movie. <laughs> it just, I just, it was painful. And I think not even the humor of it was what was as painful as I think how 90s it is. Mm-hmm. It is so incredibly dated. It is so incredibly uh, a, a product of its time, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't think it was probably the best times for <laughs> comedies and movies. <laughs> and just painful. Uh, even John Ritter, who is normally such a delightful actor, and even and Amy Yesbeck, who I normally like and stuff, just could not redeem this movie for me. It was just painful up and down from the beginning to end the plot the acting or, or the overacting i should say just i i struggle to find something redeeming in this movie <laughs> let me set the stage for you so mel is gone at world conference in cincinnati shy is gone spending the weekend with her mom I am home alone. And apparently, I'm a people person because I was in such a state of shock and depression and I'm all alone, what do I do? I sat down and watched not one, <laughs> not two, but all three Problem Child movies in the same weekend. Which I had never seen. I watched one and two in the same evening. <laughs> <laughs> I am apparently a sadist. Is the only thing I can think of. Now, I, I and and again, I, I my hats off to the ladies for throwing the additional curveball of giving us not a bad film, but a bad a sequel to a bad film that is in and of itself a bad <laughs> film, because I felt like. This is not a film that I need to have watched the first one to get it, I'm sure. But I kind of had to do it. Eh, and so I, I would say there is some, you don't know why they're moving or what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would have needed that. but you Probably don't need it, but... I, I tell you, um, I, I think John Ritter gamely does the best that he can with what he was given. And, and I, I wish to go on record with that. John Ritter is a national treasure. He always has been. I love John Ritter. And uh, in my snobbish video store days, this was definitely a black mark on his record. But having not seen it, I didn't want to talk about it being a black mark on his record because <laughs> I want 
want to try and be fair to everybody. And he does the best that he can. Um, and the, the, the first film is bad. It has a handful, maybe, of, of, of cute moments. But that's about it. So we go to the second one. Cute. John Ritter continues to gamely do the best he can with what he's given. And I, I will say that in a very strange turn of events, I actually liked two slightly more huh. than one. Not much. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> Maybe a half star, but slightly more. And largely, that's because of the uh, expanded role that was given to Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> who is genuinely funny in this, and pretty much sums up everything that I think we are all in the audience thinking at this point, which is that kids are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and anytime he was on screen, this I, I, I did laugh uh, for, for, for Gilbert's moments. And so I was like, wow, I... I, I and I, I, I need to be clear. I was not sitting here like a grumpus with my arms crossed and staring at the screen like, hey, you're not funny. I don't like this. I was trying to gamely give it a chance. Um, so I, I did laugh at Gilbert Gottfried. But the rest of the the plot as such, um, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just bad. I, and just as a side note, for those of you that are wondering, the third one, <laughs> imagine if you will... That you're the executive and you took, hey, you know what? There's a handful of nuggets of bits that worked in these two movies. Shall we make a third one? Yes, let's do that. But let's jettison all of those bits <laughs> that worked. <laughs> Nothing from th that survived is, yeah, it was mm -hmm. just, oh, man. Like so in, in the TV series. Did you know that? I'm. An we don't talk about series. that. We really don't need to talk well, about that. I think uh, Problem Child 3 was made for TV too, wasn't it? It was a TV film. I, I believe it was, yeah. <clears throat> um, needless to say, with the weekend done and all of the projects that I could have been working on still sitting there staring at me, uh, I realized that, uh, you know, now I want to go back in time and punch the Lumiere brothers in the face for inventing <laughs> cinema. <laughs> That's where I'm at with these. <laughs> I, I am, um, it's not the worst film I've ever watched. That is still reserved for Freddy Got Fingered. But um, they're down there. They're, they are, um, you know, a handful of, and, and again, I, I guess I'm being, sno I'm being snobby. Yes, to Glenn's point, as a kid, maybe there's, a handful of things that this would have been okay for, for that style of, of humor. Well, I wasn't a kid when um, this came out. Well, I know cause you're old. But... I was, <laughs> I was probably 19, 20 years old when it came out in, in the midst of your breakdancing career. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but even yeah. as a kid, I think these movies were one and done's for me. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I, it, these weren't ones I dipped back into when I was younger. Yeah, I can tell you, I will never go back and revisit these. I, think I can the say that. The original one came out in 1990, and then the second yeah. one came out in 91. And maybe and that's the, sequel... the problem, is we're coming off the 80s when we had so many awesome films that they, you know, there's nothing they could come up with scenario wise that would be like, yeah. How <laughs> about a problem, kid? Okay. <laughs> well, it's trying to be a modern day. Uh, Dennis the Menace. Yeah. I mean, that's really what they're trying to do with the film. 
modern day Dennis the Menace. The irony mm-hmm. of that is Dennis Menace, the first Dennis the Menace film was after this. <laughs> and, but I, well, yeah, I know but what you mean the, based the, on the, the cartoon. The, yeah. the cartoon and the comic oh. strips, you know. Well, the the the, the 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 patent holders of Dennis the Menace watched this and went, oh no, we need to rush a film into production because even well, if I it's terrible, it it's going to distinguish <laughs> us from that one. It was probably the success because I think the first film was fairly successful. Probably well, this, helped spur the Dennis the Menace movie to get made. Probably. This, this film, which I remember liking. This film was uh, successful as well. It's it's It was never reviewed well, but it, it was successful on the back of the first one because the first one was so popular. In fact, that's why they rushed this one into production is because the first one did so well. And then yeah, this it came one came out did, a whole year later. Too. Yeah, this one did well. <laughs> this one did well on the back of the other ones. So I've given it a lot of thought, and I, I think the problem, and I, I don't want to necessarily blame the child actor, although <laughs> he, he, he he was also not very good. But the the problem is honestly, when you have a a a problem child in general in a movie whether it's you know kevin McAllister in home alone or or the, or this one or whatever oh we've got this very precocious youngster and he's going to cause a lot of problems for people okay so it's not funny here's why because the balancing act required to get a likable charming child that we don't mind that they're misbehaving to this extent that's the, that's the key. You have to find somebody who, even though they're horrible, is, oh, well, that was at least fun. You know, the shenanigans are cheeky, but, uh, you know, he's terrible, but uh, no, we're, we're kind of on board with that. Or, or in the case of, uh, you know, cartoon logic, like a, a Bugs Bunny, if they deserve it. And, and, and that's the thing I've decided with Looney Tunes cartoons as well, is that when Bugs comes out swinging, it's mean spirited and it's it's honestly it's not very funny but when somebody is doing something that antagonizes bugs and he goes okay of course you realize this means war and then he turns around to get them that's when it's satisfying mm-hmm. and funny and that's the balance that these movies honestly fail to strike it is it, it's supposed to be this kind of awe oh, isn't he precocious and it's it's just not it, it's just this this holy terror and you're kind of rooting for the nuns you're kind of rooting for the the Michael Richards character in the first one to off him. You're kind of rooting for anybody at this point to come along and off him. <laughs> and the, the yeah, the second one continues down that road and just ah uh, no. <laughs> well, and the other problem with the sequel is you know it doesn't even live up to the premise of. You know, there's another kid that's worse than him. Yeah, because she doesn't really do as much. She is barely she, in yeah, it. She she doesn't really come across worse. She does at the beginning. It's almost like they're setting up this rivalry that then just doesn't really kind of go anywhere after a while. And I think that that's the biggest failure of this film. Is okay. There's a lot of failures, but the biggest failure <laughs> of this film is they they bring um, Jack Warden back as Big Ben in order to create that friction again. And all of that was done in the first one. That was the one that, you know, that was all done in the first one. So to bring him back as an antagonist again, it was totally unnecessary. In fact, I think it would have been a better film to have um, made the the little girl, the new girl, um, Trixie, 
uh, more of more of a role and showing him up and making her the antagonist through most of this. Um, and then, you know, of course, they bring in Lorraine Newman as Lawanda Dunmore. And, you know, they're trying to make her an antagonist, too. So it's almost like there's too many adversaries in this one. So there's the, it, it sort of loses its focus, I think. You know, yeah, in a, in a strange should, way. They, Go ahead. They, they really they really could have needled out all of the dating aspects and just had them meet Annie. Yeah. Had them fall in love. And then the conflict is really about Junior and Trixie, you know, eventually getting along and working together as a team, you know, kind of how it gets there at the end, but it spends so much time doing other stuff that the actual plot of the movie gets lost because they're right. just trying to do gags. And and if they had done that where it was the, the two kids trying to one-up each other with how bad they were, it would almost justify his continued coming back to dad and going, I'm sorry, I really do want to mm-hmm. be good. Yep. Mm-hmm. But without that, it's just, no, you didn't. Yeah. There was no reason for you to have gone and done that. You're just, you're, you're just kind of mean you've and just, evil. You've and... just reverted back to your original type. Yeah. And, all, and it does kind um, of throw out everything that the end of the first one is. So, yeah, all the lessons that we learned in the first one, well, that's a whole nother town. So <laughs> we don't count them now. <laughs> I wonder how many people were confused when Amy Yazbek comes back as a whole different, whole different character. As a whole other character. <laughs> well, you couldn't, I can... you couldn't bring her character back from the first one. Well, I get, you, you could, but I don't think it would. It's work. Hollywood. Sure, you could. Yeah. In fact, I saw her name in the credits and went, oh, okay, and then waited. <laughs> like when's the x going to show up yeah how is they going to work this what are they going to do with this why would she come back to him on and on and on i kept asking myself these <laughs> questions <laughs> and then she showed up and I, I i literally i had to stop the movie and go to the internet to find out what was going on because she was not the person i remembered mm-hmm. oh it's because she's not the person you remembered <laughs> oh okay didn't even change her hair color. It looked like. <laughs> American yeah. Horror yeah. Story's got nothing on this. <laughs> you had brought up you'd brought up uh, Home Alone, Sean. But I think that the, the even more ornery kid, Macaulay uh, Culkin kid, is uh, the um, Uncle Buck when he plays um, uh, Miles. He, he oh yeah, Maisie. totally. I mean, they're they're certainly not junior level, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, terrors, but they they really are kind of those you know uh, annoying kids for him. And then I just noticed that so that was nineteen eighty nine was Uncle Buck, nineteen ninety was Problem Child, nineteen ninety two no nineteen ninety one was Problem Child two, and nineteen ninety three was Dennis the Menace the movie. So they were certainly on a uh, role here of the type of film they were trying to put out. And when was Home Alone in that mix? Uh, that would have been 90 as well. 19, yeah. Yeah. So, and and again, that's the problem is you've got a moderately successful one and then Home Alone comes out and makes a bajillion dollars and everybody goes, oh, okay. It's like, no, that's, that Please wasn't why that we left. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, hats off to the ladies for picking a Oh, stellar. The other stellar thing one. of it is we had James Tolkien in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was weird. Now, admittedly, 
seeing Shane. him in a comedy role like this was just so strange. Oh, somebody has not watched Masters of the Universe. It's been a very long time since I've seen that. <laughs> I absolutely love James Tolkien. I love well, him, why obviously. He, why is he always I think a little less of him? Why is he always typecast as a teacher or a principal? <laughs> I, because he plays it so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because of why, Back to the Future. <laughs> why, why is R. Lee Remy always typecast as a drill instructor? <laughs> Just because that, as you do, that's yeah, what he is. That's true. But uh, yeah, I I love him in everything, and he showed up, and I went, oh, oh, <laughs> and my my elation was short lived on that one as well. Yeah, considering his shtick was to be sweaty. <laughs> And really not have a backbone. Yeah, I mean, and, it's nice that he got to play against the type. Yeah. You know, he got to be the teacher, but not really the, the hard-nosed, tough-back teacher. But it still wasn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely shocked that in the height of this, they didn't try to do Problem Child the early years with him at the, the, the nunnery. Mm. Like, to be honest... That to me, I think, has more comedic potential than, well, all three of these movies put together. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that too loud. There's an if I think Hollywood executives listen in on us and going, oh, write that down. You know, James Tolkien's 91. Yes. Wow. Good Lord. And still the sweetest, nicest man you could ever hope to meet. <laughs> Metamedicon. Anything else to say about this, fellas? You watched uh, nope. Barbed Wire as well, though, didn't you? You should tell the listeners about that. I mean, not, I not, have... the, not about the film, but the situation of why you yeah. ended up having to watch that. So so the, the, the fun part of this is, is that, okay, the, the losing team has to watch this horrible movie. Well, Mel and I were on opposite teams, <laughs> which essentially means I get to watch both of these bad films because we were but always going to watch something together. she didn't have to watch together. both. No, she didn't. And, uh, you know, that one's on me. I, I should have held out and uh, <laughs> made her made her sit through this. Or but, you uh, took a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> or I take the bullet. Yeah. And realistically, uh, you know, not to rat out Mel, but I'll, I'll probably wind up watching Barbed Wire without her just because. <laughs> yeah, honey, I'll, I'll bite the bullet on that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell him you did it. <laughs> I'll give you the Cliff Notes version so you won't have to suffer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Bring them on. But uh, if, if this was a Siskel and Ebert, I, I'd uh, I'd say thumbs down. I would <laughs> not recommend this movie. Three, th yeah. three thumbs down. Three, three thumbs, thumbs down. down. Well, better luck next year, I suppose. This is, this is twice now we've had to watch a bad movie because the first year we lost, this year we tied. So we can only go up from here, right? Hey, we're we're progressively averages, getting better. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And of course, we want to, to uh, our thanks to uh, DJ Nick and, and everybody over at the Gold Standard for letting us play along because we do love movies. Yeah. We love them. We love them. We love them. Sean, where can people find Flicks with Friends? We didn't love this one, but most movies we, <laughs> we love. Uh, you can find Flicks with Friends at flickswfriends.com. 
You can find Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast, in the link in the show notes, because quite honestly, it's too long of a website for me to <laughs> rattle off. Yeah, it's podpage.com slash gold dash standard dash the dash Oscars dash podcast. So yeah, it's probably easier to click on the uh, link in the show notes. What he said. <laughs> uh, and of course, you should be very familiar with our uh, our sister podcast, The Five-ish Fangirls. Uh, but if not, they are the five ish fangirls podcast.blogspot.com. Theirs is a little easier. Well, they have a, they have an actual website. It's just the five ish fangirls.com as well. So oh, that's that right. Yeah. This is their yep. blog one. Yeah. That's that was the new one. So, uh, but thanks to uh, everybody for participating and, and uh, be good sports. I mean, it's competition, of course, and nobody really wanted to watch these movies, but we, we, we did because we had fun. So, all right. Well, if that's going to do it for this one, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point. Direction point. A Doctor Who podcast network.